It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. So I want to bring in uh, Alex Berenson. Alex got a, a uh, brand new book out. Uh, and uh, Alex, welcome to the show. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for having me. So the book is called Pandemia. Um, and I'm really happy to report uh, that, you know, thanks in part to, uh, you know, to, to, to Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson and, uh, you know, other support from Fox. Uh, it is currently the best-selling nonfiction book in the United States. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, like, it's in the top five on, in the, on Amazon as an e-book, and you can actually get it for $2.99 right now. So people are, people are getting it, and I think people are really desperate for information about uh, the coronavirus that, you know, that isn't censored by, uh, by other media outlets. And, you know, what it really says is here's what's happened the last couple of years. And here's, you know, here's all the mistakes and all the lies that, uh, that you've been told. And, uh, and, you know, here's why you should, you know, you should be wary of what you're being told going forward. Uh, I think in every way, this has brought up question after question. Number one, when you see the Omicron variant come out, okay, look out, here it comes. The follow-up question to the non-medical professional, civilians just living their lives is, if I get it, how will it affect me? There is no indication that you get more than a low-grade fever, if anything, and a runny nose. If we ran away from the possibility of getting a low-grade fever and a runny nose, we would never go to school, we would never go to work, we would never leave our house, we wouldn't get on a subway. So why are we not talking about the ramifications of getting it and comparing it to the psychological aspect of, of, of a not working, not interacting with people, not going out with friends and relatives? Uh, I mean, I think that's a great question. I, I think what the public health authorities would say is we still don't know because we, we, you know, it's still only a couple of weeks since this developed. And, you know, the population in South Africa is much younger than the population in Europe or the U.S., so we don't know, and there's a chance that even if it's close to as dangerous as the earlier variants, because it is very transmissible, you could have lots of spikes and you know lots of hospitalizations. But I will say there's not really evidence of that. What you're saying is correct. What you're saying is what we've seen so far, and certainly what the South Africans who've had the most uh, uh, interaction with this have seen. And and I think um, I think you're right. I think. And I, but honestly, I, I sort of disagree with what you said going in. I think a lot of people are, you know, sort of done with the panic. Now, maybe that's not true in New York State where you live and I live. Maybe it's not true on the West Coast. But I think in large parts of the country, um, people people, you know, they, they heard about this. And their first reaction was this is just an effort to scare me. Listen, uh, most people agree with me. I do know people that will come up to you if you're on a subway or a train, I need you to wear a mask. I need you to wear a mask. You know, if even walking outside, I'm watching people in New York walking outside without a mask. We know that surfaces and we know that using a mask outside is of no benefit. We've watched 110,000 people jam into the Michigan Stadium. I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, the misinformation and what happens is you divided America to such a degree has this president and to agree, the previous president, because he wanted to forge forward, uh, I'd rather much go with aggression than non-aggression. But this president has decided to double down on mandate mania. Jeff Mason's a reporter with Reuters. He said this on Special Report, Cut 11. You won't see this White House um, 
giving up on that stance, even though they have been challenged in the courts. I think they're going to continue to go forward with that. The president made his decision to go with vaccine mandates earlier this fall uh, when when he decided that he needed to use more of a stick instead of a carrot approach to getting people uh, to get vaccinated. But it has certainly been uh, something that Republicans in particular have pushed back on, and it's become a, a political liability, at least to some extent, for this president. So how does he get out of it, Alex? I mean, I mean, besides saying, you know, I'm wrong, I'm, I'm pulling my foot off the gas like with Amtrak. They had so little people to work Amtrak trains, they had to pull off their mandate mania. With corrections in New York City, there's no way they can fulfill it. They were going to lose 50 percent of their force. How do you back off? Um, how do you back off? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, these people have shown no, uh, no ability to back off. Um, I, you know, they, they, they look at Afghanistan. Look at, you know, the fact that they won't discuss honestly what's happening with inflation. Look at the fact they won't discuss what's happening honestly with the border. They, they set policies, and then they, uh, they won't change them. So I don't know what the answer is, okay? Uh, and I don't know why um, we can't uh, have an honest conversation about it. Uh, Alex Berenson, our guest, Pandemia is the name of his book, How the Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over the Government Rights and Lives. So I'll, I'll bring it to these stats that don't lie. The U.S. has the highest COVID-19 deaths of any country in the world, accounting for 15% of the, of, uh, the COVID death cases. We have 4% of the country's population. And the mounting toll continues. Despite the president getting a vaccine with a million shots in the arms, how do you explain more deaths this year? Uh, because the vaccine doesn't work very well. Okay, it, it works for a short period of time, uh, you know, after the second dose, and it probably actually increases infections after the first dose. Uh, for a short period of time, you get into what I, what I call the happy vaccine valley, where it's uh, you know, it actually does work and it reduces infections, it reduces transmission, it reduces death. And then within four or five months after that second dose, the antibodies that help makes your body generate go away and people are vulnerable again. They get infected, they can transmit it, and some of them can get sick and die. And it isn't very clear, even though, you know, you'll never hear this from, from Anthony Fauci or anybody on CNN or anywhere else where they're, where they're just committed to lying about the vaccines. It isn't even very clear how good the protection against severe disease and death is. So, so we, are, we gave a lot of people a lot of shots this spring. They're not very well protected right now. That's what you're seeing. And all this stuff about the pandemic of the unvaccinated and how the hospitals are filled with unvaccinated people is not really true. In countries where the data is better, where the data collection is better and where it's not as politicized like Britain like, and like Israel, you can very clearly see that people get quite sick who are vaccinated in many cases. So, so when, when people so, say, wait, I just because I heard you say that last night with Tucker. So when yeah. people say that 95 percent or almost or everybody in uh, who's been hospitalized uh, are unvaccinated in our hospitals. See, they say I think the number is uh, of um, there were six times more likely to be hospitalized if you are unvaccinated as if you were vaccinated. Alex, you, you think it's different than that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's 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 a total lie. Um, and and I you know and I don't like saying that these are but but the but the reason it's a lie is I mean it's very clear and I've done a lot of work talking to people in hospitals about this the hospitals are not doing a great job collecting uh, data on who's vaccinated and who isn't 
they, you know, in part because there's political pressure and they don't really they, they don't get paid more for treating somebody who's unvaccinated. So uh, so why would you you know, why would you go out of your way to figure out who I'm sorry, let me let me restate that. Why would you go out of your way if you're a hospital to, to find out that a person is vaccinated and has COVID when you know what the NIH and the CDC want to find? And when you're not paid differently for treating somebody who was vaccinated and comes in. So, so they're not really collecting data as well as they should be. In other countries, they have national registries. There's a national immunization registry, and then they have national health care. So they're much better at comparing, and people who are vaccinated and get sick are known to be vaccinated. And we're not really doing that with the same degree of accuracy in the U.S. I mean, in Israel, they're up to four shots now. I mean, they're doing double uh, they, booster. They, I mean, think about they that. They're talking about, I don't, I'm not sure that anybody has actually been offered a, a second booster yet, but they're certainly discussing it seriously. So we have to go with their data because we don't have our own. How do you explain the way we're not focusing on the things that matter most, on vaccinations, on effectiveness, on, 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 uh, on who is getting sick and who's not the ages? We, have, we seem to be ballparking it. All the time. And the other thing that I find the huge mystery is, if I get it today, how am I being treated? I have no idea. Well, you can, go, uh, you can get antibodies, maybe. Do I get that at home? I mean, do I, take, do I take sinus medication? I mean, the first time a lot of people are being treated, it turns out, are in the hospital. Is there, why isn't there a procedure for treating it once infected? Well, that, that's, so this question's come up a lot. The problem isn't that there's some magic bullet that people are being denied. I, I don't believe that. There's not really evidence for that. The problem is that we've never properly done these sort of early treatment studies, whether it's with ivermectin, whether it's there's a you know there's an antidepressant called fluvoxamine that that may work. Um, there are there are options out there, and we in the U.S. never really got you know we we didn't do the big trials of these, you know, inexpensive medicines that might have helped. Now, they might not have, okay? It's not clear. But the fact that this debate is still happening almost two years in tells you how badly we failed. And, and, the, and I think if you, if you sort of pull back even a step further, what you see is that Fauci was desperate to get a vaccine, okay? The, all, the entire focus of the federal effort was let's get a vaccine, let's get these mRNA vaccines. We think they're going to work. And we put all our eggs in that basket. And uh, one year ago at this time, it looked like that bet had paid off. You know, 95% protection, everybody just get it, this will be over. That was the promise a year ago at this time. And anyone who says otherwise is lying. The problem is that promise hasn't come true, and the people in charge won't admit it. So, so, so we're in this world where we're sort of descending into all these, you know, conspiracy theories. And the truth is, I think it's simpler than that. It's that a bet was made on the vaccine. The bet, unfortunately, although it seemed like it paid off, didn't actually pay off the way people in charge hoped. And they just can't admit it. They're too committed. And, you know, this is what pandemia is all about, broadly. It's about, you know, I don't know if you remember, there's been so many lies told. We needed a million ventilators. Test and trace was going to be the solution to this. If everybody just wore a mask, and then if everybody just wore two masks, and then if everybody just wore an N95 mask, we'd get out of this. If we just locked down, everything would be fine. We just needed to lock down hard enough. None of this stuff was true. It hasn't been true in the United States. It hasn't been true in Europe. And the people in charge just need to accept that this is with us. It is going to be with us. It appears to be mutating. To go back to your very first point, Omicron 
Omicron appears to be mutating in a way that is better for us. It's less dangerous, and we should just live with it. Why this is such a hard point for the left to accept, I don't know. And you know what the thing is? The one unifying factor could be who started it, who gave it to us. And instead, you have an administration refusing to even press China on the genesis of a uh, of a pandemic. And if they were candid right away, who knows how many more people would be alive today? And well, the problem is, right. and Alex, and the other thing is, everything you said, I'm wrong all the time. You're wrong all the time. In life, we thought we were going to go right. We should have went left. I get it. I admit it. If you just say, for a while, I had you wipe down surfaces, that was wrong. For a while, I told you not to wear a mask, that was wrong. In January, I told, uh, I told John Castamatidis, um, Anthony Fauci, that this would not be a problem here. I was wrong about that. They actually had one of these women actually told me on television, we should look into wearing goggles because it could get in the eyes. Oh, yeah. So oh. We, what are we talking about? No wonder you have no credibility. You never admit when you're wrong. Final thought? Final thought, I, I, you, you make a great point about the lab leak, and, but here's the thing. The reason – and I think actually this cuts to the heart of all of this. Fauci, you know, there's a connection between Fauci and Wuhan. There's a connection through Peter Daszak. And so when the guy who's in charge essentially of our pandemic response is afraid to have an honest conversation about where the virus came from because he knows – he may be connected to it, that colors everything and messes everything up. So so this is sort of born in sin two years ago, and we can't get out of it. That is uh, so aptly said. Alex Berenson, congratulations on the, uh, the sales on Pandemia, how the coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives. Alex, thanks. Brian, thanks for having me. You got it. When we come back, I'll take some calls. 1-866-408-7669. You listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Listen and pick up on some things you didn't know before. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.